Commissioner Hill Jaspard. I'm an empath and paranormal investigator. I am also an author of a dozen books. Thank you for listening to Haunted Real Connections, where I'll bring you the best mediums and paranormal people the field has to offer. Stay tuned for another great show on Paranormal King Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition to Haunted Real Connections with your host, Nicole Jasper. And I'm very excited for tonight's guest, Jim Harold. You might have to excuse my voice, kind of weak tonight because of the cold, but I'll read a little bit about Jim's background here. Um, Jim's been fascinated by the paranormal since being captivated by the show uh, uh, in search of. That's also one of my favorites. <laughs> as a small child. And uh, Jim Harold has a rather unique career. He's like a full-time professional paranormal podcaster. And I swear we have a lot in common. And he's, he's been for like the last nine years. And after having worked behind the scenes in radio for over a decade. And uh, that alone is amazing. <laughs> and Back in uh, 2005, Jim started his show, um, The Paranormal Podcasting, in which I've been following, I should say. <laughs> um, and it's just for fun, and in fact, that's back when uh, no one knew even what a podcast was. And so he had multiple shows over the years, including, you know, his most popular podcast with Jim Harold's Campfire. And also on the campfires, Jim hosts powers from all over the world who, you know, share their stories of the uh, paranormal encounters that includes uh, ghosts, bizarre entities, UFOs, strange creatures, and just plain weirdness are all part of the mix that He's produced over what you just said, 2,200 episodes. Right. And it has generated over like, oh gosh, 50 million downloads. That is amazing as well, uh, you know, across various uh, shows. And also, if I'm going too fast, let me know. <laughs> Jim has written five books based on the uh, Hitfire series and the uh, and a podcast series as well, and each of which, you know, reached over number one supernatural bestseller, you know, on status in an Amazon Kindle, and uh, and you're currently working on the sixth one, and uh, as well. And so he's in uh, Ohio with his wife and two daughters, and uh, he loves sharing strange tales of supernatural with his audience and you can find Jim podcast on jimherald.com apple podcast and even spotify 
and all amazing content. I want to welcome my awesome guests tonight, none other than Jim Harold. Welcome to our show, Jim. Thank you, Nicole. It is an honor to be here, and thank you for inviting me. And I guess I could say it, but belated happy Halloween. I joke uh, here at the spooky studio where I do my shows from, it's always Halloween, so happy Halloween, even if we're a few days late. (laughs) So, of course, I have to ask, what uh, what are you interested in, in podcasting? Well, what happened was, what got me interested in podcasting was I had, uh, as you said in my bio, I have worked in radio for over 10 years. And the thing was, is that uh, I'd gone to school to be a broadcaster, either in front of the mic or in front of the camera. But what happened was I just got a job in radio and ended up in advertising. And, you know, there were facets of that job that I enjoyed, others that I didn't enjoy quite as much. But I always felt, oh, man, I wish I could have been a broadcaster. I could have done, you know, what I went to school for and what my dream was. And I heard about this thing, Nicole, called podcasting. And this is back in in 2005, way before anybody really knew what podcasting was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I heard some like professional broadcasters who were doing podcasts. And I was like, oh, geez, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> but then I heard some of the amateur ones. I'm like, but I can do that. And I started for fun. And, uh, you know, over a number of years, it kind of caught on. And eventually I said, you know, I think I could do this full time, make a full time living at this if I had the time to do it. So my wife being a very kind person and having faith in me said, yeah, give it a shot. So in 2012, I went full time and uh, have been full time for almost 10 years now and uh, just very grateful to my audience and to my family and just uh, love what I do. But uh, podcasting has been great for me and I absolutely love the medium. That's awesome. Um. You know, it's hard to believe it. I'm doing this too because I have like speech and hearing impediments myself. So I just thought that might help with my voice a little bit. So that's why I decided to do this as well. <laughs> right, right. Well, I hope your voice, I, I know you said you were fighting a little bit of a cold. And I yeah. know I've been through that as a podcaster. So I know that's always that's always tough when you have a show to do, but you've got a right. cold or something. It, it makes it It makes it tough. And not every day you get an awesome guest, you know, like yourself. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> no problem. And of course, um, I always wanted to know, um, what was your first uh, paranormal experience, you know, my series? My first paranormal experience? Well, you know, the thing is, is that, Nicole, I've had experiences that, you know, some people wouldn't consider them paranormal, but I think they have a paranormal aspect. And the, the one that occurs to me, the first right. one... <laughs> Uh, that happened to me, I was probably 18, 19 years old. I oh, was, uh, um, and this is more of a guardian angel kind of thing. It's not a traditional, oh, I saw a cool. ghost. But uh, what happened was I was walking with a young lady. I was actually visiting family out of state, walking with a young lady who lived in the area. And um, we were talking and it was a rural area. So we we're walking along this kind of uh black top road, not a lot of traffic or anything. And there was a log truck pulled to the side of the road, parked. And we walked past it. She went on one side, I went on the other. And something told me, Nicole, uh, Jim, get away from this log truck. 
And um, I walked past it. I kind of walked a little faster because something told me eh, this isn't this isn't good. And right. <laughs> I walked about 10 yards. Me and the girl met back up after we passed the truck. We walked about 10 yards. And then every log on that truck uh, fell off on the side uh, that I was walking. We heard a big rumble. Look back. All the logs have fallen off right where I was walking. And, you know, these are basically trees, you know, full grown trees falling off. And if they had fallen off, they would have killed or badly hurt me, probably killed me. And I always wondered what was telling me to get away from that truck? Was it, um, you know, was it a guardian angel? I don't know. Or you think about, oh gosh, what if I'd been a minute, uh, you know, if I'd met, uh, left a minute earlier, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe I would have been there when it fell off, but something was looking out for me or someone was looking out for me. And I always thought I have a saying I use on the show too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. And I felt that, and a lot of people say, well, that's not supernatural, but believe me, if you (laughs) narrowly escaped death, and I had another um, situation not dissimilar to that, um, (laughs) yeah, you kind of go, hmm, maybe there is something to this guardian angel stuff. Right. I totally believe that. I know I had a few close calls myself, so I hear you in that one. (laughs) Yep. I thought we have... A uh, live radio chat as well, so hopefully they'll chime in as well. And uh, all right, so that kind of leads to my next question. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, what inspired you for writing the campfire stories? What inspired me to do the campfire show? Yeah, and, and, and books. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> I started doing the uh, I started doing the uh, paranormal podcast in 2005. And I had one week in 2009, 2008 or 2009, I remember, where I didn't have a guest. So I said, you know, I think what I'll do this week is I'll just have listeners share their spooky stories. And (laughs) people really said, you know, I like this format. I I like this. And I thought, I'm not too, too sharp, but I know when I've got a good thing. So that's how I started the Campfire podcast. And it's simply a show where people call in. And they just, um, you know, they just say, hey, this this thing happened to me. We don't exaggerate the stories. We don't tell them to add anything or make it spookier. We just say, hey, call up and tell us us your story. And that's been, I've got to say, it's my most popular podcast. And I think the reason I can do this whole time, uh, although the Paranormal Podcast has a good following as well. But um, really, people just love Campfire. If I have a week where I'm late with Campfire or it wouldn't come out or something like that, people will be like, where's Campfire? Where's Campfire? <laughs> kind of pounding the table. And that's the kind of reaction you want, honestly. You right. want people saying, where's your show? That's that's a good sign. So uh, that is- <laughs> that's, you know, I just happened, you know, boy, I'm glad a guest didn't show up that week. Uh, or I wasn't able to schedule them. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but boy, I'm glad I, I had that idea to try it once. And then after I tried it, I said, yeah, I think we've got something here. All right, that's cool. I've been, I've been following the Paranormal Podcast too as well. You know, I'm going to have following the other ones too. <laughs> All right, I think we see a question from, uh, what are the different types of 
podcast stories that you do? What kind of stories that we do? Well, uh, basically, it's any kind of supernatural or paranormal thing that people call in about. So it's a lot of ghost stories, stories about uh-huh. shadow people, uh, s- stories about the hat man. But we also do stories about cryptids. If somebody's had a cryptid sighting or a UFO sighting, you know, the thing is about uh, we try to, you know, when I talk about the paranormal, to me, the paranormal means all of this unexplained stuff. It's not right. just ghosts. <laughs> And most people think, oh, you have a ghost story show, which that's a big percentage of our calls. But it's not everything. Uh, And I think as time goes on, people are more comfortable calling in other kinds of stories. So we have a lot of ghost stories, shadow people, uh, UFO stories, cryptid stories, uh, strange coincidences, uh, what I call head scratchers, things that aren't easily... um, Explained. I'll give you an example of one, Nicole, if it's okay. We had a story about a woman who, and this has been the last couple of months. You may remember this one, about a woman who went, she lived Uh near a large city. And I think the caller, it was her mom, I believe it was. And she went to some kind of appointment in a downtown uh, of a big city. And there were skyscrapers and stuff like that. And uh, she came out of her appointment and literally saw... Uh, construction construction worker fall to their death and it was about noon time and then she kind of you know kind of looked back to see if she was seeing right and it wasn't there the person wasn't there and everything was like like she saw it but then it like unhappened okay (laughs) that is a word so (laughs) there was nothing there she went home she was very um distraught and sad and check the news. There were no reports, nothing, nothing. So anyway, uh, later that Hi. evening, she finds out that uh, a construction worker did fall to their death at 3 p.m., exactly the same place. But she oh, saw wow. it three hours before it happened. So uh, that's one of those stories. You wouldn't think of that typically when you think of a spooky story. That's not the kind of story you think about. But uh, there's right. a lot of weirdness that goes on in the world. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ghost sightings and those kind of things and paranormal activity. But there's also stories like that one that don't really fit, you know, maybe into precognition, possibly, but they don't quite fit. Right. I would think it could have been a premonition she might have had. Yeah. I have have some of those as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's... uh, it's really uh, things like that are very thought provoking. Yeah, and also one of my favorite uh, episodes where uh, you talked about the uh, what do they call the black eyed kids. Oh yes, oh yes. Have you ever come across across them or no? I haven't thankfully come across them, Nicole. But uh, the black eyed kids, if you <laughs> um, yeah, if um, if your listeners are uh, familiar, uh, basically the idea of a black-eyed kid is this notion that there are uh, children who will knock on people's doors or ask right. for a ride, and then when they look at the person, their eyeballs are solid black. So um, it really is um, – it's, um, it's quite frightening, <laughs> If you really think about it, yeah, uh, this idea. 
So it's it's one of those things that uh, really make you think. And the 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 legend is is if you let these kids in, uh, people will get sick, people will die, bad things will happen to them. So the right. question is, what are the the kids really? Uh, you know, I like spoke to one office. man. Yeah, I I spoke to uh, the gentleman who kind of got this going on the internet uh, over the last 25 years, Brian Bethel, who told his story and it was very compelling and very believable. And uh, he told a story where he was, uh, and this has been, I'm thinking 25 years ago or so. So things were slightly different. He was going to pay a bill and he was going to put it in a drop box and some kids asked for a ride, uh, to go home to get money to go to a movie. Uh, but, you know, and they have these solid black eyeballs. And uh, he got a strange feeling from them. What they were saying didn't quite make sense because the film was almost over, you know, and uh, his story kind of catapulted this uh, to popularity on the Internet. And uh, again, he's a journalist uh, and I believe him. And uh I just know, Nicole, one thing. I don't want to personally run into them at all. Me either. Or Bigfoot or anything like that. I would probably faint if I do. <laughs> yep. So I, I I really I don't want to run into them. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> also, that leads to my next question. Um, what are your thoughts about skinwalkers? That's one that we have done stories on. I really don't feel like I know enough to say, yeah, I think that it is this or it is that. Uh, I honestly don't. Uh, But the thing that I will say is they are uh, terrifying. And I know shape-shifting is part of that. And the thing that terrifies me is the idea that uh, some kind of creature can shift into different shapes. That's one of the most terrifying things because you never would know what you were facing. It reminds me of something like the jinn, um, which are supposed to be able to, sh- <coughs> excuse me, shape shift, and that's a that's a frightening a frightening thought. Yeah, it is. Yep. And also, I was wondering, um, what are some of the best paranormal tools you think that we could use for investigation? The best tools for investigation? Well, I have to admit, uh, I am not a paranormal investigator. However, I've interviewed (laughs) many paranormal investigators. And what they tell me is that, you know, uh, and this is not universal, but in general, the the feeling that I've gotten when it comes to paranormal investigation, the Uh gadgets and gizmos are fine, but the best tools are your eyes, your ears, your senses. Our body. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and some of the best or best known paranormal investigators have told me exactly that, that uh, that's really kind of that's kind of where it's at. You know, um, the idea that um, the idea that uh, really uh, that's the best, uh, the best scenario is to, to use your eyes, ears, notepad, those kind of things. Um, those can be, you know, some of the cheapest and some of the best uh, tools for paranormal investigation. Oh, yeah. I also like to use their voice recorder as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's very, um, honestly, 
um, that's very, very popular. Uh, yeah. The, 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 I think that's one of the, the things that people really, really want to, to, to utilize and utilize a lot is the idea of the, um, uh, of the voice recorder, the digital voice recorder. Those seem to be very, very popular yeah. and very useful. That's true. And, um, I was wondering, um, have you ever used the Ouija board? What is your thoughts about Ouija board? I used a Ouija board once before I started doing the podcast. But, Nicole, after all of the stories I have heard, I uh, do not use it now. Now, we do have a Ouija board in either. the house. We have a Ouija board in the house. My wife had it as a teenager. And uh, uh, I think I'm the one that didn't want to get rid of it. Because, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, because I felt that... Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's from the 70s and I like retro stuff, but maybe I should get rid of it. But I, I'll tell you, I'm a little bit afraid of it. I mean, I think, you know, I've interviewed people who say there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a tool. But right. for me, it seems like to me, if you know, so is a chainsaw. And, you know, you see these people who can take a chainsaw and do these beautiful wood carvings with a chainsaw or right. ice carvings <laughs> and ice sculptures. But Nicole... If you give me a chainsaw, it's very likely I'll just cut my my arm off. So I think the I same you. way about the Ouija board is maybe it's fine if you know what you're doing. But most people don't, and I certainly don't, when it comes to this kind of thing. So I just kind of leave it up on the shelf. I hear you. Yeah, they can be quite dangerous. But like I, no, I agree, they're like another demolition tool. Yeah. Uh, yep. For me anymore, I don't have any patience for it anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll stick with the uh, voice recorder. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think I have a couple of questions in the chat here. Um, Charles wants to know what, uh, which paranormal subject on your shows get the most response? Ooh, that's an excellent question. Um the most response well i definitely think shadow people are uh very I was interesting ask you about to that people too. yeah black eyed kids are very interesting to people mm-hmm. um one thing i've been getting a lot of response to recently and it's something that's just cropped up on the show in the last year or so is something called jot have you ever heard of jot uh, i don't think so no Well, it stands for just one of those things, and it's based on a book written by Mary Rose Barrington, who passed away a couple of years back. Unfortunately, she was elderly. Uh, She was from the UK, but she wrote a book about things disappearing and reappearing in weird places. Uh For example, you have a a, a set of keys, and you have it on the middle of the dining room table, and you know it's there. And then... They go There's missing, a word you don't for find it, right? them. Yeah, and then like, two years later, you find them on the dining room table, those kind of right. things. And I mentioned that uh, book and that theory on the show, and we've been getting a lot of calls on that, surprisingly. I wouldn't say it's the most popular, wow. but it's one that you wouldn't expect. And I feel kind of badly because uh, Miss Barrington has uh, been gone a year or two now. And Hello. I feel very saddened that she didn't get to see the fact. And, you know, we don't have the world's biggest show, but it's a popular show, a popular podcast. Right. <laughs> I would have liked her to have been able to see 
uh, the popularity of this subject and how much it resonates with people. Yeah. Oh, well. And uh, thanks for answering that. And uh, he wants to know from the worldwide audience, which country surprises you the most about the interest of yourself? Well, I, I think the most interest comes from the U.S., obviously. Um, but I will say this. I'm always surprised that we get such good response from uh, Australia, of all oh, wow. places. Uh, still... um, and, and, and our Australian listeners are very, very nice to us. So we get great, great response from the U.K., <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. But uh, I think uh, from England and, you know, the other the other parts of the UK. But, um, you know, Australia, you wouldn't necessarily think that's a long ways away, but we get uh, a lot of support from Australia. And that's always uh, fascinated me. And sometimes I've talked to people in Australia and they sound like they're next door. And it's always kind of wild because they're like 14, 15 hours ahead of us. And I feel like I'm talking to somebody from the future, but uh, the, the Australians uh, have been uh, always uh, very, very kind to us. Oh, that's cool. One of my favorite countries. And uh, that's one of my favorite countries, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd love to go there someday. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so I was going to ask, what is your take on shadow people, or if you share stories from your podcast, maybe? Yeah, we always have these stories of shadow people, and the way people describe them, it's like a figure is cut out of the universe. It's solid black. Uh-huh. Um, very, very, it, it looks yeah. like a void. It looks like space, almost. Uh, it doesn't look like a, a shadow per se. It looks like uh, just like you cut, you took a piece of black construction paper and cut it up like a person and held it up to you. It's that stark of a difference. And uh, interestingly enough, like a good percentage of them include this hat man, uh, right. the shadow <laughs> person wearing the hat. Now, I wonder, is that a gin? Is that something else uh, acting as an imposter? Because honestly, you know, I think there's a trickster element to this. Now, I don't know what that is, but a lot of this stuff, it seems like, you know, once you think you understand it and things, it changes. So I think in, in a lot of paranormal activity and phenomena that there is a trickster element. Now, who or what's behind the tricks, I don't know. But uh, I certainly think it's uh, it's there. Yeah, I believe you. I've, I've seen a few myself, but I've only puzzled by. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going back to the podcasting question. Let's see, where was it? Oh, what advice would you uh, give to inspiring podcasters? Well, uh, first of all, I would say don't do it if you're saying, "Oh, I want to quit my job in a month." and make a full-time living at it. It's very hard to do. It took me years to do it. And um, I guess I guess what I would say is that, is it possible? Sure, I think it's possible. Do I think it's a big challenge? Yes, particularly if you're not a celebrity or anything like that. But I don't think that challenge should stop you. 
you right. should pursue it. But I mean, the way that I did it, honestly, was I did it over uh, an amount of time. I mean, I podcast for seven years before I went full time. And oh, wow. honestly, I was fortunate because um, I was doing this at a time when there wasn't as much competition. I think when I started, right. Nicole, there might have been there might have been 10 paranormal podcasts, if that. Oh, wow. And they weren't very consistent. And I think there's only one, if I'm not mistaken, there's only one that was going at the time I started that is still going, the Paracast, I think huh. that is still going. Uh, and that's it. And the thing is, is that um, me, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're still going. So the, the, the Paracast is still going. Hats off to them for doing that. But it was so early. I'll tell you how early it was, Nicole. Uh, uh-huh. I got the name The Paranormal Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's early. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I eventually, uh, in the last, uh, you know, I eventually got the uh, trademark to that. But because, uh, you know, every once in a while you'll see somebody pop up with a show called The Paranormal Podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. Got that. Uh, But, um, yeah, it was so early. Imagine that. That I, it was right. so because they they never use the word podcast in the title of your podcast, which I wouldn't do now. But <laughs> we didn't have any rules back then. It was the Wild West. We were making it up as we went along. So I thought, well, it's paranormal. It's a podcast, so I'll just call it the Paranormal Podcast. So um, yeah, it's really wild to see the difference in podcasting, you know, when I first started (laughs) and even up until maybe three, four years ago, if there was a news story about podcasting, all the other podcasts would be talking about, Oh, did you see there was a news story in the Washington post or the Boston globe or New York times. And now there's about a million stories every day. And, uh, you know, a whole industry has grown up over this. So it's really remarkable I think it's kind of like being in television in 1948 uh, uh, to see, you know, where it is 15, 16 years later. It's just amazing to see how much it's grown and it's exciting. It's scary. It's all of those things. But boy, I, things are a lot different with podcasting, you know, uh, than they were back in 2005 when I started. Yeah, I bet. All right. Um, thanks for answering that. And, uh, so I was wondering, do you have uh, a favorite paranormal show? And besides, it starts at the course. <laughs> do you mean a TV show or? Uh, mean, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not. A, I don't. I got to admit, I don't watch the current shows that much. I kind of <laughs> like the older style. Uh, you mentioned yeah. In Search of. That's an all-time favorite. I loved uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. That was great. And that's kind of the style that I like. You know, not as much the paranormal investigation shows. I hope I didn't disappoint anyone by saying that, but it's just, (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like, and this is not all the shows. I don't want to say it's all of them. And I think there's some very good people working on some of them, but a lot of times Uh it's people running around acting scared. And um, it's just not for me. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, those shows I mentioned, those classic shows and anything that is kind of in that vein, uh, that's why I, I love podcasts and things. A great podcast, for example, that I admire the guys and they're really nice because they say they admire my show. So it's kind of a mutual admiration society. 
are guys like astonishing legends who take a serious look at oh, this wow. stuff. I don't, I honestly don't listen to their show that often. I'll tell you why I have this thing uh, about not listening to other paranormal podcasts or radio shows. Cause I don't want to accidentally copy them. Right. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you listen to a show and you know, something wedges in your brain and then two months later it comes out and you think it's an original thought and it's actually right. something you heard on another show. So I intentionally don't watch and listen to many shows for that reason too. I don't want to accidentally parrot something I've heard someplace else. I may say the same thing they said, but it's not because I heard it on their show and, uh-huh. and fed it back to people. So, and the truth is I have to be honest, I am so busy creating shows that I don't have much time to watch them. And when I do watch something, honestly, uh, other than the occasional documentary, I will tune into like one-off documentaries and things. I usually watch something outside of the paranormal, but right now we are putting out uh, typically five shows a week. We put out uh, the paranormal podcast campfire. Uh (laughs) I have a plus club that we put out two shows. And then uh, my daughter's new, uh, spooky podcast called Unpleasant right. Dreams with Cassandra right. Harris. And I do all the editing for that and the marketing for that, even though she records it and it's written by my associate producer, uh, Maddie, who uh, helps us with all the shows in a great uh-huh. way. But she writes the scripts for those, but uh, with some input oh, from wow. Cassandra. But, but, but the point being, I still have to edit it and I still have to post it and I still have to do the social media for it. So between all of that, when I get a break, I, you know, I'll watch a football game or a movie or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right, that's cool. And uh, congratulations about your daughter's podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I uh, hope everybody about, gets to check it out. Some pleasant dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> and uh, I think there's another question from Charles. Uh, what percentage of stories are true, including... Uh, the uh, crime genre. I, I didn't quite catch that. Were you asking me if the stories are true? Uh, his stories are true. Yeah, including the crime genre. I, I think you were asking me, I've been having a little difficulty hearing you there, but I was, uh, I think you were asking Sorry. if the campfire, camp, but it's okay. I know you've got a little bit of a cold. If the campfire yeah. stories were true. Well, the thing is, is that people call uh-huh. up and tell me these are their true stories. Now, I can say, you know, quite honestly, I can't go out and investigate every story and independently verify it. But I will say this. I've been Uh doing this show a long time, uh, 12 years now, right? Uh, Going on uh, next year will be 13. And uh, for the most part, I, Nicole, I really believe Uh these people. I think they're very sincere. And I've had a number of people who I've... uh, done videos with and things and and had them retell their stories again and they're very consistent so the vast majority of people who call in i totally believe they are explaining to me what they experienced now whether that was a ghost or an alien or whatever i can't tell you but i can tell you i believe they're being sincere in the vast majority of cases right all right thank you um uh... Let's see. What is your favorite guest that you had on from your show? Who's my favorite guest? Um, my favorite all-time guest, probably, uh, I'll, I'll tell you two people, and unfortunately, they've both passed. Oh. Uh, Brad Steiger, who wrote many, many 
paranormal themed books oh, wow. probably more than anybody uh, going back to the 1950s. And he passed a few years ago, and I loved talking with him. He would say, oh, Jim, let me tell you about the shadow people. <laughs> I mean, he was fantastic um, and really knowledgeable and had, you know, written it all and just, just a great guy. Um, the other person, and we lost her, I, it's been two years now, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And uh, she was prolific and uh-huh. uh, she was the kindest person I think I've met in this field and oh, wow. maybe the most knowledgeable. And uh, she was literally a guest. I've done probably over 2,200 shows, but she was a guest on 20 of them which is a lot of shows. I counted it up after she passed (laughs) and she was just so good and she was a good person and she knew all of it. I mean, she, she knew it all in in an encyclopedic fashion and she had a journalism background. So she's very serious about what she did. Very, uh, workman like, and, uh, it was her career, and she made a lot of friends. And, and you, when she passed, it was very evident by the way people reacted. But I would say those are two of my favorites. Um, you know, but I still have favorites that are still with us. Uh, I enjoy talking with Ryan Sprague about UFOs. Nick Redfern has kind of like picked up that oh, mantle yeah. of uh, Brad Steiger and Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Nick Redfern uh-huh. has, and he's probably the most prolific writer on the strange out there uh right now he actually we just did a show this week on time travel for the paranormal podcast yeah so uh he's probably among my current favorites but there's a lot of great ones out there and i really enjoy that's one of the great things i get to talk to neat people and ask them questions i mean that's a pretty good pretty good job yeah that's so so uh Let's see. I have a, quite a few questions here for you. So, <laughs> so what what is your favorite subject to talk about in the paranormal? What's my favorite subject? Uh, uh, that's easy. That's an easy question. <laughs> you know, Nicole, we might not all see Bigfoot. We might not all see right. a UFO. <laughs> you know, we might not all see a ghost. But eventually, all of us are going to at least physically, at least physically die. And so me, right. the, the ultimate question is the afterlife. What happens after we die? Because that's something everybody is going to experience. And uh, we've done some really interesting shows. I had a show a while back with uh, Dr. Bruce Grayson, who is a physician, uh, not particularly religious, uh, not a paranormal guy, but through his experience and his research, and he's done, he's convinced that we survive physical death. Now, what that is, he right. doesn't claim to know. But uh, he's written a great book on it called After. And that is the subject that interests me the most, because, again, I know that's something I'm going to have to face, uh, something we're all going to have to face. So I think that's a question that everybody wonders about, even if you have great faith and you believe that there isn't an afterlife or if you're one of the people that says, oh, that's it, you're done, the great dirt nap and it's all over. Even if you're strong in those beliefs, you still, you know, at two o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep and you're thinking about things, yeah. you go in the back of your mind, what really happens when you die? And it's a question that, you know, we all have to wait for. But if you look at things like near-death experience research and those kind of things, I think it makes a very uh, compelling case for survival uh, beyond this physical existence. Right. 
Yeah, I lost uh, my husband a year ago, so I still miss oh. him. I know, but I know I feel I'm, he's around. But yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm it's, so sorry. Yeah, I know that's part of life, and I, I know you saw me sign that he's around, so I always found that fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is fascinating. I believe our loved ones go to a better place. And uh, I think they also, you said you felt them around. I do believe they make their presence known in different ways. And they they are here for us. Uh, right. You know, uh, so I, I, I take comfort in that, that they're they're still around. But it's still, you know, it's, it's very sad when you lose a loved one. And, yeah. And, uh, but I... I if I didn't believe in an afterlife, I think it would be even tougher. Uh, you know, I, I'm not lost yeah. <laughs> a spouse or anything, but I've lost uh, my mom and and uh, my God, brother yeah. and a, a lot of close relatives. And it'd be yeah. much harder if I didn't believe that they survived. Yeah, I lost my dad too a few years ago. So, oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know they're in a better place too. <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, I was just going to ask you, have you ever... Uh, maybe you've answered this already, but uh, have you ever encountered a Bigfoot or a Yeti? No, 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 no. I have not. <laughs> and you know what? Unless unless I have uh, a shotgun or something, I, I don't really want to. Although I've heard basically what I've heard, what I've heard from people who have experience in this, they say, look, uh, the... the uh. Bigfoot, uh, you know, and again, this assumes there is a Bigfoot, but uh, Bigfoot is not going to bother you or does not want to hurt you. Uh, unless, right. Kind of like most animals, unless you mess with it, it's not going to mess with you. So right. I kind of say that in a joking manner, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I would like to see it if I could be a very safe distance where I knew it couldn't get to me. But uh, that's one, you know, I, I got to tell you, that's one that I go back and forth on. Does it exist? Does it not exist? I don't know. I really don't know. It it really is one of those that gives me a, that's a head scratcher. I don't know if it exists or not. I think about, you know, the people who say they've seen it, who are people of goodwill. And also I see that Patterson Gimlin film from 1967 that looks very clear once it's stabilized and slowed down. It looks like not a person in a, in a monkey suit, but uh, right. but uh, animal with flesh, uh, like muscles, um, that's very compelling. If you look that up, look up Patterson Gimlin film and look for the stabilized version, that's very compelling. Uh, that's that real shaky one people might be familiar with from the 60s. It's film. It's not very a videotape. Uh, yeah. It's very <laughs> old, no sound. But if you slow that down, you start to look at it, it's like, wait, those look like muscles. It didn't look like uh, it didn't look like a suit. So on one hand, on one day, I'll look uh, and, and I'll say, "Hey, you know that? It seems to me that there might be something to this." And on the next day, I'll be like, "Well, why haven't they found a body, or at least some kind of remains?" Right. <laughs> uh, and I know all of the kind of justifications why you know they bury their dead. Uh, they you know they go off to die or whatever the case may be. You don't usually walk through the woods and find a deer carcass for example but people <laughs> have found uh, chad lewis was saying this the other day the great cryptozoologist but people have found those things why don't oh, we wow. find uh why don't we find bigfoot so yeah. um 
I guess what I'm saying is, is that I think the jury's still out. Uh, I'm not going to shut the door to it. Sometimes I'm more skeptical than others, but probably of all the different things we cover, I'm probably a little more skeptical about uh, Bigfoot than I am other things. I hear you. I have say if I ever saw one, I'll probably fade or try to run away. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I haven't run into them yet. That Another means... star has come out here in California, but uh, yeah. Right. Oh yeah, just right. a question from from uh, from Bill. Uh, how popular is the uh, UFO subject on yourselves? That was one of my questions. Oh, I think it's pretty popular. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite as popular as ghosts and things like that, but pretty popular. And I think now, think about it. I mean, look at all the revelations from the government. Um, yeah. And I try to, you know, whether people want it or not, I, I certainly on the paranormal podcast, I put in a good dose of UFO topics because I've always felt that it's a very important subject and there really is something to it. And now we see with the government report, even though they didn't come out and say it, it, it certainly leans to the idea that there is, uh, you know, well, well, they did say that there's unexplained phenomena we can't in the skies that we can't uh, uh well, it's kind right. of using the, the word to define the word, but that we can't explain. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I think there's really something to it. And I think while some of it may be pe- people being mistaken, you know, sometimes people can be mistaken. Unfortunately, you have some people who are hoaxers. Uh, and then right. sometimes <laughs> you have people who see military aircraft that is military aircraft. But then I think there's that other bucket of people who see something, it's not a hoax, it's not their imagination, they're not mistaken, and it's not a military aircraft. And what are those? Well, they might be aliens, or they might be time travelers, or they might be from another dimension. What they are, I don't know, but I think there is that other explanation that we we have to have to figure out. Yeah, I know it's trying to be out there. We have a vast universe, you never know. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I laugh at, is when the scientists say, and you don't hear this as much now, I notice, but they used to say, well, the distances are too vast for if there are aliens to travel. Well, that makes no sense because, okay, I'll give you an example. You know, we can, we can fly around the world. I mean, I can, you know, I can get in a plane and I can be in, uh, uh, from where I live in Ohio, I can be in New York in two hours. I could be to England in, in eight hours, okay? So, uh, and that's just a regular commercial airline. Well, to a caveman going, you know, if there were cavemen in Ohio, but my my point is, is if a person before the advent of jet travel or airplanes, if they wanted to go uh, from Ohio to England, well, the distances would have been too vast with the science that they had. Well, yeah, on the same hand, the distances from us to the stars is too vast because we don't have the science to achieve it. But who's to say that in the 3000th century or the 5000th century that we wouldn't have it? And if these, whatever they are, are so much technologically in front of us, they could have it and we don't. I mean, that's, and that's kind of human arrogance. We think, oh, we, you know, we're the smartest. Well, maybe we're not the smartest. Maybe there's someone or something out there way smarter than we are. Right, that's true. I see quite a few out here, so 
Yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, there are there's certainly else. something in the sky, something unusual. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. So, thanks for answering that. No, and uh, at least my next question: um, Where do you see your podcast like in the future? Well, I think we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. It seems to be working. I think we've increased our audience for Campfire this year about 20%. And we're doing pretty well before, and we're doing even better now. And, uh, you know, just going to keep doing more of the same. I do want to do more video. I did some video the last couple of years. I want to make that a little more regular. But you got to kind of pick and choose because primarily my core (laughs) company is me. You know, I certainly have a great assistant uh, producer, associate producer up in Canada who helps me out part-time. My daughters uh, who have some interest in the work help me part-time, but I'm the only full-time employee of Jim Harold Media. So oh, wow. it becomes a question of what do I have time for? But my goal is is uh, we want to get book six. I have uh, five campfire books out. Right, I was going to ask you about book, that. <laughs> yeah, I want to get book six out uh, in 2022, hopefully earlier in oh, 2022 wow. than later. And want to do video more consistently. Those are the two things I'm really kind of locked into for 2022. That's awesome. I look forward to your your books too. Everything. And uh, where where can people find your books? Well, the books you can find at Amazon, but I I set up a nice (laughs) uh, web address where you can easily Uh find them all uh, at my website. My website's jimherald.com, but if you go to jimheraldbooks.com, jimheraldbooks.com, that will take you uh, to a page on my website that has a listing of all my books and the links to them. And uh, that's a really easy way to find it. So just go to jimheraldbooks.com. There's five of them. Each one of them has 70 spooky stories in it taken from the Campfire podcast. And we basically just edit them a little bit. We don't change the meaning. We don't add stuff to it. We just make it better for reading because we have the transcripts of what people say, but it's not good. If it's just a transcript, it's not that good to read. So we just rewrite it as a story, but we keep all the details there. We don't change anything. We don't admit anything. And uh, each book so far has had 70 stories in it apiece. So it's, uh, you know, usually the book's average, if you're thinking about a paperback book, about 250 pages. So it's a considerable book. And if you like spooky stories, there's kind of ones from every category in each one of the books. And they've always done very well and anxious to get going again and getting that book six out because it's been a few years since we've done one. I have to start reading them. (laughs) Are Are they also on audio format as well? At this point, they're only available as a paperback and Kindle. Right. Um, we haven't done audio. Part of me is like, well, we kind of already do the audio. That's the podcast. But people <laughs> have asked for audio. And honestly, if I had the time to do it, I would do audio. But we just not have the time to do it. Right. I hear you. <laughs> I think there's a couple more questions. And I think I'm shy. And I think we can wrap this up. Already an hour almost. <laughs> Yeah, time flies uh, when you're having fun, Nicole. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate being on the show and everything. Uh, let's see. There's a question from Charles. Uh, do you ever think about shows being listened to hundreds of years from now? Actually, that's so funny you mentioned that, Charles, because I have thought about that. And here's one of the things that I hope. 
You know, I think reality is far stranger than we think in the present day. And I think there's a lot of things we don't understand. It's like uh, you go into like a mansion and they have one of those fancy libraries, but the door is closed. And you look through like the keyhole and you see like a few books and you realize what the room is. But you don't know how big the room is. You don't know how many books are. You don't know what's written on the pages. That's kind of like our view of reality, okay? We don't know what's going on. Uh, We don't even have a clue of what's going on. So I hope to Charles's question, 100, 200, 300 years from now, somebody picks up a dusty hard drive and they find uh, my shows on it and they say, boy, that guy, you know, he had some strange ideas, but he was on the right track. He knew they didn't have the answers. He knew there was more. He knew that reality was really strange. Now, of course, uh-huh. now in the year 2400, we realize that, yes, reality is strange. Time travel is possible. There is life after death. Aliens exist right. and all these things. And this guy didn't have it exactly right, but he was on the right track. He was on the right track. I hope that's what happens. And I, I've mentioned that quite a few times lately. So it's so funny Charles asked that question because I've been thinking about that a lot myself. Yeah, so... And uh, finally, the last question uh, from King. What is the strangest topic that you covered on your shows? Oh, the strangest topic. Well, the Mandela effect is really strange. This idea that reality right. <laughs> changes. People have thought, for example, Berenstain Bears was spelled one way, and all of a sudden um, it's spelled yeah. another way. And they go and look at their books and say, I'll prove to you it was spelled the old way, and it's spelled <laughs> the new way. And whether that's poor memory or if we're living in like shifting realities, that's a really tantalizing one. So that's kind of my, one of my favorite weird, weird subjects. Yeah, mine too. I've seen wider, wider alternate universe, like, or multi-universe yep. even. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I heard of those terms as well. And uh, as I always like to ask my guests, where can everybody find you and your awesome work, your podcast? Oh, thank you very much, Nicole, for having me on the show and asking that question. Um, You can find uh, me at jimherald.com. That's J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D.com. Also, if you go on to your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, whatever it is, type in Jim Harold, and I should pop up. My main shows are the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire, and also uh, our company, and I'm the executive producer, is doing Unpleasant Dreams, which is also uh, spooky narratives as well. That's with my daughter, Cassandra, and I hope you check that out as well. And, oh, uh, Nicole, <laughs> And Nicole, I want to thank you so much for having me on your show and uh, being so kind oh, with your you. time I know and you're busy. Well, thank that's you. okay. Busy, busy is busy. good. Sorry, my busy voice kind of sucked tonight, but... You know, I, <laughs> you're a trooper. I you fought through it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, we'll have you back um, in the time in the future. You know, you're always welcome back to our show. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. You feel better, and thank you for uh, oh, having me you. on the program. It was a lot of fun. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. And uh, hope you have a happy, safe holidays coming up. And uh, y'all have a great night. Thanks, Jim, for being there. So, thank you. Thank you.
alternate host Jaspard. I'm an empath and paranormal investigator. I am also an author of a dozen books. Thank you for listening to Haunted Real Connections, where I'll bring you the best mediums and paranormal people the field has to offer. Stay tuned for another great show on Paranormal King Radio.